Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School, the place where my spirit gets fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Faith School, it's a good place to get your faith fed, like we said, and faith must be fed. Just like your body must be fed, it must be fed. Your spirit needs to be fed. And you don't feed your spirit hot dogs and hamburgers. What does your spirit eat? It eats the anointed, life-giving words of God. So let's release our faith today and get your Bible something to uh, take notes with and come on in the class here and join us. And let's pray and release faith for specific answers and exactly what we need take us to the next place. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree together here and all over the world asking you for utterance and for anointing, for the quickening of your Holy Spirit. Show us, Lord, not what man's religious ideas say, but who you really are and what really pleases you and what your ways really are and what real faith is and how to live in it, and how to walk in it, how to please you, and overcome, and receive all that you have uh, so graciously given us. We ask for it in Jesus' name, and for ears to hear, and we'll give you the praise and thanks. Amen. Amen. Would you turn, please, in our textbooks to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and let's continue in our study we're calling By Faith, looking at the great heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 10 verse 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Why don't you say it out loud? I, I, live, by faith. I live by faith. And I don't draw back. I don't draw back. But, I believe, but I believe to the saving of the soul. The of the soul. This wasn't written in chapter and verse, so 11.1 is actually a continuation of the flow we just read in verse 39. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, faith is... Uh, confidence of what is expected. It is conviction of the reality of the unseen realm. God is spirit. He's not flesh. And the material world is not the parent world. Uh, the material realm, we're told, uh, in fact, just skip down just a, a couple of verses here. It says, Verse 3, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Uh, I've heard sometimes preachers say, well, you know, God made it all out of nothing. That's not what this says. It says he made it out of things you can't see. That's not the same as nothing. And you and I are not just physical entities. That should be obvious. Uh, you can't touch a thought. <laughs> huh? You can't see a feeling under a microscope. 
and yet to say they're not real would be ridiculous, right? Thoughts are absolutely real. Well, where do they come from? What, what is their substance and feelings? Well, you begin to touch the spiritual part. The spiritual part is real. You and I are spirit beings made in the likeness and image of God who's called the father of spirits. Well, as a speaking spirit, through his faith, God has created the material realm. And he's teaching us through his spirit how to live and function like he does. Obviously not on the level he's functioning, but you got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> We're not, you know, speaking to stars and galaxies at this point, but you could be speaking to your toe, right? Or your kidneys. Or you could be speaking to those bills and calling them paid, right? The, the principles are the same, even though the level is considerably lower. Um, keep reading. He said, by faith, Abel, in verse 4, offered to God sacrifice. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch, he walked with God and was translated uh, and was not found. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, he obeyed and went out not knowing where he was going. And then we get to verse 11 that we're on this week. Through faith also Sarah herself. <laughs> Don't you like that? Wanted to make sure that you and I understood this is not Sarah plus Abraham. Not Sarah plus a bunch of other people. Sarah also believed God. Now the also refers to the previous verses that was talking about Abraham. And we all know what a man of faith Abraham turned out to be. But he wants you to know in verse 11, Sarah also. <laughs> Great person of faith, right? And Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Oh, hallelujah. Therefore, verse 12 says, sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, as many as the stars of the sky and the multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. This is awe-inspiring. The, the Bible tells you and I, in fact, uh, I'll just read it to you. Um, in Isaiah 51, 1 and 2, it tells us we are to consider the rock we were cut from and the quarry we were dug from. This is Isaiah 51, 1. And verse 2 says, consider Abraham, your father. And Sarah mentions her too, who gave birth to you, in that I called him, Abraham, when he was only one person, and I blessed him and made him many. God gets glory 
in taking seemingly hopeless situations <laughs> and situations that seem like they are just going way too long and way too far and there's no way, no how, and bringing out of that not just a recovery and a good ending, but something that breaks the chart, something that's never been seen or heard before. Abraham and Sarah wanted a baby. They wanted a child. We mentioned last class, let's look there again, Hebrews 11 begins to tell us about some details about Sarah. And um, like we had mentioned before, these things are life-changing. We, we need to take our time and, and ponder every statement we're told about Sarah. Because there are a million things that could have been said about Sarah that were just natural, that we really don't need to know, and we weren't told. But the ones we are, matter to us because it's something we can learn from her life and uh, uh, take on the characteristics to become the kind of person who gets your own verse. <laughs> Is that right? In Hebrews 11. <laughs> That's some pretty tall company in, in Hebrews 11. Is that right? I mean, her own husband in the previous verses. That's pretty tall company, right? Enoch. Uh, the list goes on. But uh, what, what are we told about her? Her specifically. In Hebrews 11 and verse 30, it tells us Sarah was barren. She had no child. This was a, a big issue in her life. In fact, if you look up the word, it means sterile. Sterile. So she didn't just have some minor issues that prevented her from conceiving. In the natural, there's no way she's going to conceive. Sterile. And this was a big deal to her. She and her husband Abraham wanted a child. And in those days, even more so than today, it was uh, women didn't have the choice of occupations and the freedom and the independence that uh, is available today. And so a big, big part of the communities viewing your value and your worth was your ability to, to have children. And of course, there's the big issue of having a son that carried on the family name and the family wealth and everything like that. And so even uh, 10 years after they left Haran, which they had been married for some time at that point, um, at that point she'd be about 75, I guess, and he'd be 85. Well, by this, that, that's when she introduced to him that maybe it could be that they'd get a child through Hagar her Egyptian handmaid. Well, you can see how she got here. She didn't get there overnight. They've been married for decades. And by the time she's 75, well, she's figuring out, you know, this is not going to happen. 
And so she's looking for another way that this could happen, possibly. It wouldn't be uh, out of her DNA, but it would be out of his DNA. And she could raise the child like her own and, or together with Hagar. And anyway, the, that, just that statement, Sarah was barren. She had no child. Um, the thing to see, and you and I have the benefit of seeing this from the other side. <laughs> we know there's a hope, right? We know there's a future. But for decades, they didn't see it. You know, you're just getting older, right? Every year, every year, every year, every year. You're 55, you're 65, you're 75. And that's when she decided this ain't happening. You know, I'm not going to be able to conceive. But such a lesson here, never give up. That's right? That's right. right? That's right. Ne never concede and say it can't happen. It's too late. That, that has passed in my life and now... You know, I'm too old, too set in my ways, and well, that'd be your fault. <laughs> right? I, you know, it just it just can't happen. Said who? Who said it can't happen? Because God keeps telling us all things are possible, right? With God, and all things are possible to him that believes. Uh, that that's one thing that stirs me about this account with both her and Abraham, is that things don't always happen in 10 years. Hmm? Or 25 years. <laughs> and we think that's a lifetime, but with God, it's just a tiny little bit of time. Right? Because to Him, a thousand years is like a day, and so a hundred years would be like a couple hours. Right? And so if a hundred years is a couple hours, hours like 50 years, <laughs> 25 years would be like 30 minutes, right? So they're thinking it's been forever, it's never going to happen. God's saying it's only been 30 minutes. Why give up so quick, right? We need mind renewal so that we see things more the way the Lord sees it. In fact... Everything doesn't even have to happen in this life. That's right. Now that's a revelation. Hmm? You know, uh, people, you, sometimes you'll, you'll hear them when a loved one goes home to be with the Lord. You'll hear them just despairing and going, oh, you know, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. And, and now I'll never get to. And now they're gone. And uh, I know when my dad went home to be with the Lord, he went a little bit early. And uh, it bothered me because he went early. And it bothered me, among other things, I was just getting to the place Phyllis and I were financially where we could do a few things for him. And I had some plans. I wanted to do some things for him and with him. We did a few things, but I wanted to do more. And it was bothering me some. And, and I thought, well, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard a voice outwardly, but inside he said, Keith, who said you won't get to do that with your dad? 
Why is it, why is it over? Why is it done? He said, uh, he, he brought to my thoughts, he said, a lot of the things you thought you wanted to do, you won't care about then. But there's some things you still will care about and you will still get to do with your dad. He said, your dad's not just in your past, he's in your future. Oh, friend, is this true? Is this true? Loved ones that are with him, they're not just in our past, they're in our future. And we'll still get to do things with them. Right? Something you wanted to tell them? Well, just wait another hour. Right? <laughs> and you can tell them yourself. Is this true or not? This is not fantasy. Heaven is real. People who have left, they haven't ceased to exist. Death is a transition, not uh, termination, not the end. In fact, uh, Paul talks about, he said, the time of my departure is at hand. He didn't say time of my cessation, <laughs> my termination. Uh, your what? Your departure. I'm not ceasing to exist. I'm leaving here, going somewhere else. I'm relocating, yes. <laughs> departing. And the Bible talks about to depart and be with Christ is not black oblivion. It's what? Far better than the best thing going on down here. Far better. So uh, if you're confident somebody's with the Lord, you can't cry for them. Not honestly. So you're crying for yourself. Right? Well, why do you have to cry for yourself so much? I can understand if you shed a tear or two, but it's not okay to just mourn. Month after month, year after year, like those who have no hope, the Bible said, when you're going to see them in another hour or two. That's right. That's right. And this principle is throughout our whole life in that just because something didn't happen that God showed us. God might have shown you something when you were a child, when you were a teenager, and you young adult, early days. And now 10 years have passed, 20 years have passed, 30 years have passed. And the enemy will tell you, ah, it's, you missed that. It's all over. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Well, Sarah and Abraham were about convinced. God had to talk to them some more to help them to realize, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it through you. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God can still use me. God can still use me. Hallelujah. And thing after thing, the enemy will tell you it's too late. He's lying to you. He's trying to get you to give up. He's trying to get you to quit. I want you to say it out loud, it's not too late. It's not too late. You're alive, right? You're breathing? Show me. You're breathing? God's on the throne? Is that right? His word is true. World's still turning. Gravity's still working. Some stuff can still happen, yes. right? Yes. Can still happen. And that's what happened with these guys. Even after the Bible said there in Hebrews, it was way past the time in Sarah's life where physically as a woman, uh, she could expect to, to conceive and carry a child. It was past the time of life for her, past that part of her life. But God renewed her youth. 
<laughs> renewed her strength and did amazing changes. You know, maybe you might not need a, just a total renewal, but your liver might need a renewal. Huh? Your kidneys, your lungs, your pancreas, what, some part of your being, some gland, some organ might, might for whatever reasons, it's aged too much. It's got too, too much wear on it, too, too, many, too many miles and, or too hard miles, too many hard miles. Well, that's not the end. The, people will say, well, you know, I, I sowed it. I got to reap it. You know, you made your bed hard. You're just going to have to lay in it now. I did some crazy stuff when I was younger, and now I got to pay the price. No, you don't have to reap what you sowed if somebody else reaped it for you. That's what the cross is about. Hmm? I mean, if we got to reap everything we sowed, we're going to hell. I ain't going. How about y'all? I'm, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> Why? Jesus reaped what I sowed in sin. He went to hell in my place. He took the place of judgment for me. I'm not going to get judged because he was judged for me. Now, somebody needs to say that. Hallelujah. You believe this great truth? And, and I don't care if you, just, if you messed up bad on something yesterday, the enemy will come and try to tell you uh, maybe some symptom hit you or some circumstance or problem. Yeah, that's because you messed up yesterday and now you're just going to have to deal with it because you know what you did. Not if you'll repent. I said not if you'll repent because the scripture said in Corinthians, if you judge yourself, help me out, saints. Anybody know the rest of it? If you judge yourself, you what? You will not be judged. Why? How could that be? Because you did sow it. You did deserve it. Yeah, but Jesus didn't deserve the cross. He didn't deserve the scourging. He didn't deserve the three days and nights in the heart of the earth. And yet he took what he didn't deserve, the punishment, the judgment, so I could take, you could take by faith what we didn't deserve being free. <laughs> Praise God. Being kept. Being delivered. Being healed. So uh, let, let's say we don't know who uh, is joining us now by whatever media has not yet received and confessed Jesus as Lord of their life. So we're going to lead you in it right now. But then even if you've been walking with the Lord for years, a lot of people have been carrying around condemnation and they've been tolerating a lot of stuff because they say, well, I messed up, you know, so, you know, that's why this is happening. No, you don't have to be judged. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you'll judge yourself, repent and judge yourself righteous in him because of what he has done for you. Come on, sit out loud with me. Everybody say, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus, your son, that you sent him to pay the price for all my sins, every failure, every mistake, that he took my place on the cross, was judged for my sins and the sins of the whole world. In my place. And because he took that judgment. 
I don't have to be judged. I confess Jesus, Lord of my life. I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior, as my Redeemer. I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing. I receive washing by the blood of the Lamb. I receive the righteousness and holiness of Jesus as my own. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now say this out loud. Go from me. Every work of the evil one. I deserve no judgment because Jesus took my judgment. I receive no work of the curse because Jesus took it for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You need to say it boldly when you feel like something's trying to come on you, trying to come against you, whatever it may be, in whatever area. And the enemy will try to, he'll come immediately and try to bring condemnation and say, well, you got this coming. Because you did this, you said this, you didn't do that, you didn't say that. No, friend, you need to stay. If you haven't repented over something you did do, repent right now. Say, Lord, I admit that. That was wrong. I confess it and I receive. Everybody say receive. I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing. And once you've done that, you need to be bold to say, I deserve no punishment. Now the devil will come and say, yeah, you do. You know what you do. You say, shut up, shut up. I deserve no punishment because Jesus took my punishment. That's what it means when it says, by his stripes, I was healed. What are stripes? He was beat. He was whipped. He was scourged. Why? That's what should have happened to me. That's what should have happened to you. He took it. And because he took it, even though I deserve judgment because of what I did, I'm not going to get judgment. I'm going to get healing. Oh, somebody say, praise God. By his stripes, I was and am healed. Oh, hallelujah. But you need to be bold to speak up and say, no, no, I don't deserve it. Hmm? Why? Because Jesus took it. Jesus took it for me. He took it in my place. Praise God. Praise God. Wow, the time has already <laughs> come for the class to finish up today. Let's say it out loud like we do. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Praise God. Well, that's it. Uh, till next time. Don't just wait till next time. You walk in faith between now and the next time we see you in faith school.